Hello and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. Hello and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. As always, I am starting today's episode with two giveaway winners. If you are new here, I do this literally every single episode thanks to our sponsor, which is OnlineGardenCenter.store. They're a local greenhouse to me, and I met up with the owner. He's super nice, and he wanted to do this for Plant School Podcast. So big thank you to them, first of all. Big shout out. If you want to go check out some plants and support a local business, go to OnlineGardenCenter.store. They sell all sorts of houseplants, and it is so fun. I always love checking in and looking because they're adding in new ones each and every time. So for the giveaway, every single episode, I choose someone from Apple Podcasts who has left a review, and then someone from Spotify who has answered the most recent little question underneath the episode. So let's go ahead and start with Spotify. Last episode, I asked you guys what plant you would like to be covered in in a care guide episode next. Thank you to everyone who responded. I have so many great suggestions now. But anyways, our winner for today who left an answer is Jackie M. They said, I would love it if you could do a care guide for the maiden hair fern. I love them so much, but I keep killing them. Thank you. I feel you, Jackie. I love fern so much too, and it turns out I'm not very... <laughs> good with them either. So I could use an episode like that. And for all you other people who left a comment, I'm going to try and get to all of the plants that were mentioned over the course of the next few months. So please be patient with me. And Jackie, please email me at tennyplants, T-E-N-N-E-Y plants at gmail.com. And I will get you set up with your free houseplant courtesy of onlinegardencenter.store. And then moving over to Apple Podcasts, someone who has left a review. Mel is our winner over there. They said, Hi, Rachel. My love of plants has been re-sparked recently, and I found your podcast. I love learning about the history and care tips for my new houseplants. From Jade and Burroughs Tail to Money Tree and ZZ's, thanks for covering it all. Thank you, Mel, for that very kind review. If you will go ahead and email me at tinnyplants at gmail.com, I will get you set up with your free houseplant. And if you would like to win a houseplant because it's just fun, you get to choose which one you want, then go ahead and answer the question on this episode on Spotify if that's where you're listening. Or if you happen to be listening over on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a review. It makes such a big difference for me. If you're listening on another platform, I apologize. I'm kind of catering to the two main platforms that people listen on. If you want to hop over to one of them, if you have an account on either of those, you can do that as well. But from the title of this episode, you can see that we are going to be talking about grow lights. And I'm going to be honest, when I was researching this, I'm like, man, this is dry. This is dry stuff. I'm having a hard time staying awake learning about grow lights, but I try to make it as interesting as possible. 
I filled it with lots of fun stuff. And I feel like this is something that I always get asked about of what's the best grow light for houseplants and how do you set them up and which one should I buy on Amazon? Because there are so many options on Amazon. It is overwhelming. So we're going to go through everything. I'm going to talk about what they are, how they work, why do we even need them, which ones you should buy, and then how to use them. So let's get started. What is a grow light? I assume most of you know, but maybe not. I'm going to tell you. Don't worry if you don't know because I'm going to tell you right now. A grow light is a fluorescent light bulb that is designed to emit light of a wavelength conducive to plant growth. So the sun emits white light and it's more or less evenly sending out all of the colors of the rainbow. And for plants, certain colors are actually more beneficial to plants than others though they they do need a balance of all of them, but some are more important. And there are two colors, and those colors are blue and red. So blue light really helps with the production of chlorophyll in plants. It helps them with their vegetative growth, you know, just growing tall, pushing out leaves, growing their stems, whereas red light helps encourage plants to produce more roots and can help seeds germinate and helps mature plants produce flowers and start fruiting. So red light is really crucial when you are growing veggies inside or herbs or fruit. You really need red light for those. And this is because specific red wavelengths, they increase the production of hormones in a plant's vegetation, and it prevents the breakdown of chlorophyll and allows the plant to put more energy into its fruiting or flowering. And so most grow lights, when you buy them, they'll be full spectrum. They are mimicking natural sunlight. They include red and blue lighting to promote that growth. And you can actually get grow lights. This is just like a fun tidbit. You can get grow lights that you can adjust the red light and blue light levels so that you can like manipulate the different stages of growth. So if you need your plant just to be more vegetative, not ready for it to flower yet or to fruit yet, you turn on the blue light more so than the red light or vice versa. If you need it to flower, you turn up the red light and you kind of manipulate what your plant is doing via the lighting. So it's kind of cool. I have never personally bought one that you can adjust the colored light levels. I'm sure that would be on the more pricier end to kind of manipulate it like that. And I want to talk about why we need them. Before we do that, you guys know that I love talking about like how things came to be. The history of, it's usually plants that I'm talking about, but for today it's grow lights. So I want to give you a brief history of grow lights, where they even came from. So there's actually not a single inventor of the modern day grow lights because the development of grow lights, it kind of evolved over the decades. There were advancements here and there in lighting technology and people started to really need artificial lighting for indoor horticulture and for indoor agriculture. And it was kind of just like a mass effort. But there are definitely milestones that happen. So the first one, you can probably guess what the first one is. It's Kind of obvious, but it is the invention of the electric light bulb by Thomas Edison. That happened in the late 19th century, and this invention really paved the way for further innovations, including the grow light, of course. And then the next milestone, this happened in the early to mid-20th century. Researchers and horticulturists began experimenting 
with artificial lighting for plant growth. Just kind of testing, you know, does this work if we use these electric light bulbs? Can it help a plant grow? And there is a notable figure coming to this milestone, and that is Professor Daniel McFarland. He worked at the University of Florida, and he was kind of the first one to conduct research using artificial light to grow plants. And this was in the 1920s and 1930s that he was experimenting with this. A little later on, they had advancements in fluorescent lighting, which made it more feasible to use artificial light for indoor gardening and for commercial greenhouse operations. So fluorescent lights, you can think of, you know, like in a school classroom. That's what a fluorescent light is. They would use fluorescent lights, particularly the cool white and warm white tubes, and those were really popular to provide supplemental light to plants when they were growing them indoors. And then in more recent times, like today, we have had the development of the LED, which is the light-emitting diode, and that technology has kind of changed indoor gardening altogether. The whole industry has been rocked by LEDs. Because these grow lights, they have a lot of advantages. Things like energy efficiency, you can customize them. Like I talked about earlier, how you can make more red light rather than blue light. LEDs offer that. And also they have a longer lifespan. And so today you will mostly see LED grow lights in indoor horticulture, whether it's for a small home garden or for houseplants to large commercial operations. Everyone's kind of using these. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about the other options that you have because some people do like the other lighting options. And so the question comes of why do we need these? And for someone who is looking to use them for their houseplants, their answer might be a little different from someone who is wanting to start an indoor greenhouse. So many rooms in our home may not receive enough sunlight to keep houseplants or gardens really happy and alive. I would say this is especially prevalent in the winter months when it's more cloudy, it's more snowy, there's less hours of sunlight in the day, and supplemental lighting is really needed for houseplants. And for gardens, you kind of need that light all the time. So if a plant's not receiving enough sun, houseplants, they can get really stretched or etoliated. That means they get really long and leggy. They don't stay full and bushy. And it's basically because they are just trying to reach for more sun to survive. They need that solar energy. And so grow lights can really help solve this problem, make your houseplants be more full and bushy when you cannot have them in the best spot sun-wise in your home. Or maybe your home just doesn't have a lot of natural light. And for gardeners, the extra lighting allows your plants to grow and be ready to be transplanted outdoors or to be grown full-time indoors. And they won't have that etoliation and just collapse and fall over because they are just so long and thin. Another reason why we need grow lights is because they allow you to manipulate photo periods and get certain plants to flower. This is huge for industries such as the poinsettia industry because they are needing those poinsettias to bloom to get those flowers right at Christmas time. That's when they're selling them, need to ship them out. And so grow lights allow them to bloom exactly when they need to because they are manipulating 
those photo periods, when the lights are on and when the lights are off. And that one's not super important for someone who's just looking to use them for houseplants. But for flowering plants that need to be ready at certain periods, grow lights are crucial. Also, grow lights have enabled vertical gardening to just kind of take over in urban areas where they have limited land, where you can grow crops, and you can have really great yields and provide food to areas that otherwise would not be able to grow food. And if you're unfamiliar with vertical gardening, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's where you have rows of plants stacked up, whether that's on shelves or other sort of containers, but they are stacked up. You have lights over each shelf, and this vertical gardening is amazing for small spaces. So those are some reasons. And just as a note, if you are a houseplant owner and you're like, oh, do I need to buy grow lights. They sound like they do a lot of good. If you can move your plant to a sunnier spot, that's obviously like the simple solution and you don't need to buy a grow light. But if you are in an apartment that is windowless or it's dark, or maybe you just want a plant in a certain spot for, you know, like design aesthetics in your home, or you're wanting to start seedlings for a garden inside, grow lights I would highly recommend. Let's talk about for a second what kind of grow lights are even out there. There's basically three kinds. So number one, there's fluorescent lights. Those are the kind that you think of like a school classroom. They're affordable. They're widely available. They come in different classes. So T5, T8, and compact fluorescent lights are really common for indoor gardening. Next, we have our LEDs, the light-emitting diodes. These are probably our most popular They are energy efficient, much more so than fluorescent bulbs. They do have longer lifespans. They don't produce very much heat and are very versatile. And also they can come in various spectrums to cater to different growth stages of plants, such as using more red light rather than blue to help with flowering. LEDs can do that. So it's really interesting. It was in the 1970s that they were first trying out LEDs with farmers, and it was some tomato farmers that were able to try them out. They were amazed by the results that they got, and they have just stuck around and gotten more popular since. LEDs are really ideal for houseplants because of that versatility. They are compact, and they don't require elaborate setups. You don't have to jimmy-rig a whole system just to give your houseplant more light. Some of them, they have like a little stake you stick in the soil and it just hangs over your houseplant. There's so many options out there. And also another reason why they're great for houseplants is because they have low heat. There's no risk of burning your houseplants. As a word of caution though, the blue and purple light that LEDs produce for growing plants they can affect how your retina functions, the retina in your own eyeball. So if you are staring at them, I don't know why you would, but if you're staring at your grow light, it can cause blurred vision as well as increase your chances of getting cataracts. So please only use them for your house plants. Don't be staring into them. Lastly, there are high intensity discharge lights or HID lights. So these include metal halide and high-pressure sodium lights. They're very powerful, and a lot of like larger indoor gardens will use them. They're actually cheaper than LEDs, 
but they have a larger energy consumption, about three times that of LEDs. So it's like you're paying a bigger bill, but they are cheaper to buy. So take it for what you will. Also, HID lights, they do have shorter lifespans and they emit quite a bit of heat. So you have to keep an eye on plants so they don't dry up, they don't burn. And also with that, there is a risk of fire. So you can kind of see why those ones aren't very popular, especially for just your average homeowner. So those are your your three kinds of grow lights. And next I want to cover what to look for when buying a grow light. You have decided that it's worth it for you. You have a plant that's in an area that needs a little bit of extra light and you want to get one. So the first most obvious step is to find one that has good ratings. Read what the reviews say about them. Make sure that they're reputable reviews. I personally have not done a lot of shopping for grow lights, but the ones that I have bought were from Amazon. Don't hate me. I didn't support a small business in this purchase, but I feel like that is kind of my go-to place when I'm looking for grow lights, and I found really great ones on there. I've also heard that the Home Depot people really love the LED lights that the Home Depot has or Lowe's, whatever hardware store that you're by. But anyways, whatever you choose, these tips should apply to that. So obviously when you're looking at one, you need the red and blue light. And so the wording that you're looking for is full spectrum. That means that it has all of the colors of the light. It's mimicking the sun. And most listings will actually show a graph with the spectrum of light that they put out. And usually there should be a spike in the blue on the graph where it shows blue light and red light. And like I mentioned earlier, some grow lights even have adjustable spectrums. If that is something that you need, I feel like this would be something you might be into if you want an indoor garden. I don't know if you'd really need that for a houseplant, to be honest, because houseplants usually aren't flowering, and that's not often our goal. We're just trying to give them a happy environment and get a good growth rate out of them. The next thing you want to look at when you're buying one is the light intensity, and that is measured in lumens or lux, and it it's simply just telling you how bright the light is. So for indoor plants, they will measure this in terms of photosynthetically active radiation, or to be brief, it's just PAR, PAR. All you need to know is that when you're looking, you want to range somewhere between 500 to 1,000 PAR. That is ideal for growth. Those are the numbers you're looking for. Lower than that will result in little to no growth for your plant. Higher than that could possibly burn your plant. So 500 to 1,000 PAR. And just know that different plants do have different light intensity requirements. Leafy green plants need lower light intensity compared to flowering plants. You can always look up what your houseplant prefers. And a lot of grow lights actually have a little dial or a button that you can push to increase the intensity or lower it. And you can kind of play around with it and see what makes your houseplant happy. But just know when you're buying one, If it's in that range of 500 to 1,000 par, that is what you would like. All right, next, we want to talk about how to use a grow light. You've bought it. 
it's arrived. How do we even use the thing? Or maybe you have one already and you are wondering if you're using it right. Well, I am here to tell you. Also, I've got to give a shout out. While I was researching for this episode, most of this information came from people growing, I'm sure you guys can guess, weed, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. But thank you to all you people out there growing cannabis because they are very into the grow light world. They need that cannabis growing nicely. And it was so helpful for me and my podcast. So I appreciated that and all the research that goes into those people who are into growing cannabis. All right, anyways, how to use your grow light. So the first thing you want to think about is light duration. The duration of light is crucial for plant growth and development, of course. So most plants are going to need about 12 to 16 hours of light per day when they are in their vegetative stage, they're not flowering, and 8 to 12 hours during the flowering stage, so less light when they are flowering. Those requirements are more geared towards indoor gardens. So houseplants, they have different lighting preferences for each houseplant. You kind of want to research each houseplant, determine the light intensity that we talked about earlier, the spectrum they prefer if you do have one that's adjustable. I would say most of them aren't, so you don't really need to worry about that. But for example, if it's a snake plant, it probably doesn't need as many hours of light as something like your desert plants, your cactuses, your aloes, your succulents. They need a lot more light than your snake plant does, or they prefer a lot more light than a snake plant does. The next thing to consider when you're using one is using a timer. A lot of grow lights come with a built-in timer, which is great. It's amazing. If you don't have one, I know they have those little like plug-in timers that you can use to help automate your light schedule. It will provide consistency for your plants because that's really important. If you are turning the light on for one hour on Tuesday and then 12 hours on Wednesday, that inconsistency causes your plant not to perform as well as it could be performing. The other thing to consider is how far away your light is because you don't want to be burning your houseplant and you also don't want it to not be enough. So depending on the type of light you get depends on how far it should be. So for HID lights, which is pretty unlikely that your average houseplant owner would be buying one, but those need to be about like five feet away from a plant where LEDs should be about three feet away from a houseplant. In general, LEDs can be placed much closer to plants compared to other lighting options, such as those HID lights, due to the heat that the other lights are producing. So I would say when in doubt, start the light further away and slowly move it closer over time. Or if it has a dim option where you can turn the intensity up or down, you can start on a more dim setting and then slowly increase it to avoid shocking or harming your house plants. And last thing to think about when you are setting up your lighting is that some grow lights, particularly the HID lights, due to the large amount of heat, you need to have ventilation and airflow so that you can dissipate that heat and prevent damage to your plants. LEDs, like we've talked about, they have less heat, but it's still important that you are thinking about airflow and having some sort of airflow 
to produce an optimal growing environment because LEDs do produce a little bit of heat and you don't want that affecting your plants. And going through those those things, the duration and using a timer, how far away it should be from your house plant, and then the heat management, once you've got those three things down, you should be fine and good to go. I feel like grow lights can feel a little bit overwhelming at first, but it's really not all that complicated. After going through this episode, here are like my personal thoughts of what I would do. And I'm going to give my advice on if I were buying them for houseplants because I feel like that's a majority of my listeners. And there's a lot of great resources out there if you want to try vertical gardening. But focusing more on the houseplant side, this is what I would do. I'll be honest, I'd probably go to Amazon just because it's easy. And I would focus on LED lights. When I'm looking to buy one, I would make sure that it is a full spectrum light that has that 500 to 1000 par because that's the most ideal for growth. I'd choose a light that works for my setup. They have so many great options. I've seen people when they're just getting the light bulb, they screw them into an overhead light that hangs down over the plant. I've seen people where they just stick it in the plant soil and it can go up over the plant. I have ones that I have used, oh, what is that? The 3M Velcro tape and I've stuck it on my plant shelf. It's pretty well hidden and I can just switch it on when I need to. But depending on my setup, I would choose one that works for that. Once I have the light, I would probably start out with my light being dim and far away from the plant and slowly increase it over time. I'd probably start out with like eight hours a day having that light on and increase it to maybe 12 at the max from there. And that is what I would personally do. I feel like finding the one with the right setup is probably the hardest part, at least for me, just finding one that fits in the space. But because they're so versatile, I feel like it's becoming easier and easier to find a grow light that works for any sort of situation. And it can honestly make the biggest difference in your houseplants just surviving to them really thriving in your home. So if you aren't able to move your houseplant to a sunnier space due to a lack of having that sunny space or you just don't want to move that houseplant, you need it in that one corner, that's fine. Grow lights can help you solve the problem of your houseplant just slowly dying in a dark corner. That concludes my episode about grow lights. I hope you guys found it helpful because I know it can be a little bit of a tricky space to navigate when you are new to it. It seems really overwhelming. So hopefully this episode helped with that. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you will join me in two weeks for a new episode. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or answer the question right underneath this episode for your chance to win a free plant in my next episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. 
or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode, and you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast. Thank you.